You're listening to the teaching of Doxa Church. Doxa is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and our mission is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Galatians 5, 16-26, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus are crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another or envying one another amen I don't know about you but have you maybe you're like me and my wife Julie and you have watched a movie or a TV show, and as you're watching this, you know, there's parts of it that you're just into, you're enjoying, like, yes, yes, this is going great. Maybe it's a nostalgic character. Maybe you're, like, right there for where this is building up for the climax. So much of it is good. And then they throw in something really weird that doesn't seem to fit. Maybe it's a set piece. It's just like, what's that doing there? Or maybe it's a bad acting performance, or maybe it's something, just one little thing that just kind of ruins the whole show. Julie and I actually were watching a TV show last night, and this exact same thing happened. We were like enjoying most of it, and then there was a couple pieces who were just like, whoa, whoa, where'd that, that came out of left field. Like, where is this? Where is this? And it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth. Well, for a lot of people, they see that on TV, they see that in movie shows, that, and the reason I bring that up is because that same concept, that same thing that can happen there, happens with Christians in their walk with God. As they walk in Christ, they have so much of it, yet there's a piece that's missing here or there. Something gets in there and, and stirs it up the wrong way. So if you want to take your Bible... Turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, because today we're going to see why your walk with Christ can often seem like it's missing an ingredient there too. Colossians chapter 2 is going to actually give us four elements of our walk with Christ that we have to have to have a consistent, faithful walk that's, that's, that's the way God has designed it to be. And as you're turning there, I think most of us know this, but we're in a series 
where we're doing something a little different to start 2022. We're doing the Ren to Heaven series, which is, is the lifeblood of the church, why we do what we do as Doxa Church. So we're getting into our identity and everything we do as a church obviously centers on glorifying God for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And as I mentioned last week, the way that practically works out so often is through three big ideas, three big things, worshiping Christ, walking in Christ, and working through Christ. So ultimately, this church is called to do that. We, we started with worship Christ last week because that's where it has to begin. When we see how God loved us first, we respond in love to him, and, and we respond in worship. And when we love God, we also will love others, even people who don't love us. And that's because God loved us when we didn't love him. And when you, when you really personalize that and see that, you can't help but reach out and love others. And once you're worshiping Christ, you're walking with him in love, then you're using the spiritual gifts that God has given you, and you are working through Christ. You're ministering to people. You're serving one another. You're making an impact in the world and the city that you live in. So all three of these have to be in harmony. They all build off of each other, worshiping, walking, and producing the fruit and serving through the work of Jesus Christ. So last week we did start with worship, and I, I'll give you the definition as well of worship because it's one of those, those church words, right, that we can get a wrong, skewed idea if we're not careful. But worship is simply giving yourself to someone or something out of love, adoration, and action. And when we live our life as an act of worship to our creator God, he always describes this as a walk in Scripture. So we aren't sacrificing on the altar like a, like, like a pagan act of worship. We don't perform or achieve and do enough to be accepted like other religions. No, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you are accepted in the beloved, as Ephesians 1 teaches. So we willingly surrender to him. And as we willingly surrender to the one who gave us everything, the one who gave us freedom, we find Freedom in our Christian life by walking in that pasture. And this is something that our church just, it just keeps coming up for our church. It started in John 10. So in this passage today, we're going to be in Colossians 2. We're going to read a lot of verses here. And there's a lot, of, a lot of directions we could go. There's a lot of content. It's a very, very deep and rich section of scripture. But I want us to focus on the overarching narrative of the four specific elements of walking in Christ. And as I said at the top with that first introduction, it is very, very easy to have two and a half, to have three of these four pieces of our walk in Christ, but very rarely do Christians really just own and, and get all four pieces. And that can cause you to kind of have that limp in your walk <laughs> with Christ, where there's just something that's a little bit not aligned. So just like if you would go to a chiropractor and get realigned and get, get everything straightened out, that's what I want us to focus on in Colossians 2 this morning, the four components that you have to have all four of your walk in Christ. So let's read the text, and I want you to look for these with me as I read, starting in verse 6 of chapter 2. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him 
rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them on the cross. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance of things belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together, through its joints and ligaments, grow with the growth that is from God. And with Christ, you died to the elemental spirits of the world. Why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to the human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and a severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him. In glory. So as I said, there is a lot of rich content here, and we really won't be able to cover every piece. But as we went through that, I hope you saw there's some elements here about our walk with Christ that I, wanna, I, I don't want you to miss one of them. I want to point out all four of them. So the first piece of walking in Christ, number one today, is walk in Christ through complete dependence. Complete dependence. You see there in verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ, so walk in him. You see that emphasis there? The way you walk in Christ is the same way that you received Christ. So question for you, how did you receive Jesus Christ, if you have received Jesus Christ today? How did you do that? Yeah. You, you, you realize that you in and of yourself were hopeless. You were helpless to save yourself. So you were completely dependent on him. And you, and you simply, it was an act of, of faith. You were saved by grace through faith. 
which is the same way that we walk in Christ, by faith. We have to understand that we can't grind out this walk in our own strength. It doesn't work that way. It's not something that we have to force to make happen. Now, we are going to have dry spells and tough turns in the road, and I'm going to spend some time on that most likely next week. But we aren't in a sprint, and, and, and we're not in a fashion show either just to make ourselves look good to every, everyone else. That's, those are really bad concepts that can kind of wiggle their way in and get people off track. We are in a walk where, biblically speaking here, looking back at the text, we are rooted and grounded and built up in him established in the faith. You have an element here of others coming alongside of you just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So as you walk with God and you're in Christ, you realize that you have been given everything, that your salvation was 100% a gift of God. He did all the work and you received the gift. You were completely dependent on him for salvation. You are completely dependent on him right now as you continue your saved life to be strengthened and filled by the Spirit. You realize how undeserving you are and you can't help but smile and enjoy his loving arm around you. You will never walk alone. This is such good news. Now, over the years, I've gotten to know a lot of different people, okay? And there are... A lot of people, it's usually the most, the most talented, the best looking, the ones that you know, have the highest capacity, those like top level people, a lot of times they will have the hardest time with this first piece of walking in Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe that's you. I mean, maybe you can just run circles around everyone that you rub shoulders with. You know, you know, you're in the office and you can see five steps ahead before you see those trends before they even really emerge. And, and you're just ahead of the game. You, you buck the status quo. You're confident in your own skin. I'm telling you, those types of people have a really hard time getting on out ahead. And they want to just take, you know, the bull by the horns and just make stuff happen. And they forget that you have to walk in Christ the same way you received Christ, in complete dependence on him. I know not everyone works that way or thinks that way. We have people in our church like this. And it is so important to remember that you received the Lord out of desperation and conviction. You realized you couldn't save yourself. And now you walk in Christ the same way, with complete dependence on him. And you don't, know, have, you don't even have to know where the path is taking you. That's complete dependence. It's faith. I don't really know where this is going, God. I don't know where you're taking me along this path. And that's hard for a lot of people because we can focus on what we don't know so much. It can bring in fear. But you have to not focus on what you don't know, but actually focus on what you do know to be true about God. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. And you will never walk alone. And there's also a dirty little secret here of the high-capacity people, the, you know, the super successful people, in and of themselves. They don't want you to know this, but deep down, they feel pressure. And when it's just them and Jesus isn't in the picture, 
no matter how successful and good-looking and, and, and great they look on the outside, on the inside, there's insecurity. I mean, my, my family, we were watching this new Disney movie, Encanto, and it even alluded to this. You have, you have the, the strong person. You, you, maybe you caught this, mom or dad. Maybe the kids caught this, too. The strong person who is also feeling the weight of that. They're carrying everybody else's loads. They're doing all this stuff. The more people depend on you, the more pressure you feel. It's all on you. And if you don't have Christ and you're not walking in him, you're going to have a lot of stress. You're going to break down. So as you receive the Lord, so walk in him. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Let him shoulder that weight of the unknowns. Don't just focus on those. Focus on what you do know. So some of you will... You will have the rest of these down, but you need this one. And this one is really for all the overachievers out there. The next one, point two, that we're going to hit here is, is for everybody, but it is especially for our popular friends and our more sensitive friends that we have in the church. Number two, walk in Christ by thinking differently from the world. So here's another element that you have to incorporate into your walk with Christ. Colossians 2.8 says this, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So track with us here. Walking in Christ means you have a new walk, right? You think differently. You have a new, you have a new outlook on life. Because you are no longer blinded by the darkness of sin. Your eyes are opened. You see the light. And you understand what real truth is. God has revealed that gift to you. And in Scripture, often our walk is synonymous with our lifestyle. And we have here in these, in these verses in Colossians 2, the exact same exhortation that Paul gives every single one of his New Testament churches. If you're just looking through the epistles, he's always bringing up this point. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God has made you alive spiritually. You're spiritually alive. He's opened your eyes. And now, if you're a Christian, you don't think the same way everyone else thinks. You just don't. You can't. But you can't be in Christ and think the same way. So for the Corinthians, when Paul was alluding to this spiritual warfare... He said, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought matters because our actions flow out of our thoughts, right? And so here's a big piece of this. Many times our feelings and our emotions can get set off, can get run over, and, and we can wrestle with just FOMO, the fear of missing out. And the only way you get victory over those emotions that can take you down a very dark path is by aligning your thoughts with truth. And that's where prayer is vital. This is where prayer comes in. I mean, everything, we, when we're talking about worshiping Christ, walking in Christ, and working through Christ, all of that assumes being filled with the Spirit and having a rich life of prayer where you're communing with God. We're going to, and I know that's assumed, and it's not really practically speaking. In reality, it's not assumed in a lot of Christians' lives. So we're going to spend some time on that as well. But prayer is such a big piece of this. We have to walk in faith. We have to pray in faith. 
Attune your heart to his thoughts. And you're not going to get that if you're not in the word of God, meditating on that, letting it resonate within your soul and taking the time to listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you and fully expect him to speak to you. You read the Bible and you, and you stop and you pray and you listen and expect him to answer and he will. Now, I alluded to the cool kids earlier how it's a lot of times the people who are the popular good-looking people that really need to, to focus on this particular one. And that's because it's so easy for some people to get the praise and the attention from the world around them. You get all that. You're getting pat on the back. Everybody's bowing down, and they want a piece of you. And it's really, really tempting to just start pleasing people because you love the attention. And you love the, the temporary 15 minutes of fame that it's giving you. So you can straddle the fence for a while, and before you know it, you're actually not thinking biblically. You're thinking the same way the world thinks. And you're not looking at, at things the way God looks at things. You're letting the world's ideology with their crafty, feel-good, in-the-moment line sway you into compromising on God's plan. You see how that happens? And it can happen to anyone. It's not just the popular person that happens to you. It happens to everyone. But you don't like what God says about sex outside of marriage because that doesn't feel good at the moment. You don't like what God teaches about gender. You don't like what, um, what you're told about the traditional nuclear family because maybe your family was a wreck anyway and it's hurtful to think about that. And so you, you latch on to a lie from the world or a half-truth from the world. And then you end up in a world of hurt because it's not God's plan. And I want to give you, as, an, as a way of illustration today, just one, it's not really an illustration, it's really just one obvious example. I mean, we could pick a hundred examples from the world's philosophy and, and worldview that don't align with God's, that, that take you down a dark path. But one example that I, I prayed about and I decided to pick this one is uh, the modern feminist movement. And I mean, okay, we're here, we're talking about these deceptive human philosophies that have empty deceit. They're empty because they don't fill you with joy and peace that only God can. And if you listen to the modern feminist movement, and I want you to listen closely because what the world says about this is wrong. Now, it's not all wrong, but it is still wrong. There are people who still will say and, and believe that feminism is about giving women equal treatment, giving them a fair shake at life compared to men. Okay, they'll say that's what feminism is. Have you heard this? You probably have. I mean, I, I've heard some very well-known people say this, this recently, like within this calendar year, as if we're still living in 1952, okay? Where, where women are treated much differently than men. But this is just one example of the half-truths of the world. Are women just as equal as men in God's eyes? Yes, 100% they are. They have the same value. God loves men and women equally. We should not give one gender preferential treatment over the other. Of course not. That would be completely against the nature of God and who he is. But you would be very hard-pressed in 2022 to find anyone 
Who would openly say, I believe we should treat men with more dignity and respect than we would treat women. That's ridiculous. No, no, who in their right mind would say something like that? Where are these people at? Like, it's like this feminism, they're chasing the boogeyman here to be like, we're not being treated equal when no one would actually think that way. I mean, some people will. Some people are very, very far from God and wicked, of course. That is, all, there's always gonna be sin issues. But where it all goes haywire and again, this is one of the many examples that we could point to in our world where they get it half right, is today's feminist movement pretends that women, not just, okay, well, it's not just about, even though they may say it's about having equal treatment, that's coming out of one side of their mouth, and then there's a whole bunch of other things in the agenda going on the exact opposite way. Because today's feminist movement is actually pretending that women must be the same as men in every aspect. Do you see the difference there? They're teaching that, and, I've, and again, I've heard, <clears throat> I've heard somebody that I could say some names here, I won't because it'll just distract you, but like I've heard some very well-known people say this very recently. There's not one thing a woman can't do that a man can do, vice versa. And I'm like, wait, is there something that a man can do that a woman can't do? Well, yes, there is. Just like there's things that men can't do that women can't do. We're not talking about equality here right here. We're talking about God has made men and women different. And, and I want all the women to understand, and, and little girls in the room, like, you need to understand this biblically. What God has made you as a woman to be is special and unique. And if you try to make a woman do everything a man can do and make a man do everything a woman can do, you ruin and you miss God's grand design of how men and women complement each other. And if you take a woman and force her into the mold of a man, now she's lost her uniqueness, which is what her power, her power rests right there. And, and what happens with the modern feminist movement, people are told, well, you can do everything, you're powerful, you go get this and you go do that, push off having a family, go get this career, be super successful in that, and look around, what is the fruit of the modern feminist movement in our world today? We have never had more unhappy, bitter people. Sure, they make money and they have a successful career, but they're not fulfilled, and there's something empty about it. And both men and women are feeling the results and the consequences of this half-truth that is spun into a lie that twists God's plan. That is man's philosophy that takes God's plan and twists it. We have to be smarter than that. We have to focus on the truth. God created men and women equal but different. Don't forget that. So... Yes, I'm not saying don't get a job, of course. I'm not saying that. There, there's definitely a time and place to get a job, right? But as the Lord leads, as you walk in Christ, get married young, have a family. Like that's, that's God's way. That's his design. It works, it, it operates best that way. And if you can't have children, that's a, that's a challenge for some people. I, I fully understand that. Pray about adoption or fostering because God wants us to have a family and you know, have a home. That's his, that's his plan, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's the way life abundantly flows and blessings flow and things prosper and things work better that way than they do when we take it our way.
So I took a lot of time on that. But you can really plug in, plug in place a hundred other examples of the world's philosophy that twists things and things go dark and they go wrong. Don't fall for it. Here's the next one. It's verses 16 through 23. And it's, all, it's for all of us who like to please people. And it's all, for all of us who feel the stress of performance, okay? And again, all of these are for everyone. But I know some people struggle with certain ones. So number, th- number three, walk in Christ to live in freedom from others. In verses 16 through 23, there's a lot going on. Okay, we, we, we can get into that in another time. But look at Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Now, we don't, we don't really deal with all these exact same principles today. It looks a little different in, in 2022 in modern American church. But all of those extra things, this is what he says about them. They are, these are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. You can really get into these traditions. You can say, don't eat this, don't drink that, don't go here, don't say that. You know what? You think that's a, that's a current modern problem in the church of legalism? No, it's not a, that's not a... For you know, modern American problem, that's that's a human nature problem. We we always have the tendency to go there and to do that. Now, people who don't know Christ, a lot of times they think coming to Jesus means they will lose their freedom. I'll I'll, I'll be I won't be able to be myself. Again, that's a lie that couldn't be further from the truth. Jesus said, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. He said that in quote. That's what Jesus said. And you see that throughout the New Testament. Romans 6 teaches us that whether you realize it or not, your your addiction is enslaving. All sin is enslaving. Your thirst for more money, that greed, that's enslaving. I've never talked to a person who, who who is... into looking at pornography who hasn't just said, this is enslaving, this is an addiction, this makes me feel horrible, okay? Sin is enslaving. Every sin, which sin is anything that misses the mark of God's holiness, right? It's things that don't line up with the character of God. God is truth. He cannot lie. So if you tell a falsehood and you, and you don't speak the truth, that is a sin because it's the opposite of the nature of God. That's, that's where sin is at. And sin is enslaving. They, every single sin is something that will wrap around you and squeeze the joy and the life out of you over time. Sure, there's pleasure of sin for a season, but it doesn't end that way. And every single person in this world who doesn't know Jesus Christ is enslaved to their sin. Whether it's entertainment, whether it's sex, whether it's the almighty dollar, it could be a bunch of other things. Coming to Jesus Christ is the only way you find true freedom. Because when you open the door and find him, you find pasture, as he taught in John 10. Now, even in the church, this can still be an obstacle. This this having the freedom to to not impress others and not worry about how that other person may look down on you. 
The church can make rituals and traditions and preferences into legalistic weights that crush people. This happens when churches, you know, well, really when people in the church elevate a man-made idea, okay? Maybe it's their own personal conviction, which is a good thing. You can wave that theological flag over the banner of Jesus Christ. You can hold your conviction over someone else. And you can actually play the role of Holy Spirit. This is what this passage is getting at the heart of. You have freedom to walk in Christ. You don't don't have to please everybody, even if that person wants you to line up with the way they want you to live. We follow Christ. And when people who don't have the same convictions about entertainment or beverages, they they can look down on other people. Um, they can look down on the person who has the stronger conviction in them, too. It, it, it cuts both ways. You see? See how that works? It's always a threat. Don't taste this. Don't touch that. I know it sounds familiar. But when you walk in Christ, you are concerning yourself with your heart. It's so important. You don't worry about what everyone else is doing. You just focus on your relationship with God and what is he leading you to do? You let Jesus lead and convict your neighbor and leave that up to him. It's in his hands, okay? It's not your job. So this is so important as a church. You know, we're talking, you know, in our big series, this is, we're talking about the DNA of our church, right? It starts with individual people, and when people get off track, that's felt in the church, you know, sometimes we see something even in somebody else's life, and we want that. We want, we want something that they have. So we kind of force ourselves into that place out of a, maybe it's even a good desire. Or other times you can look down on someone because they don't have the same experiences that you have with God. And they aren't doing it. The way that works best for them may be a little different than the way it works best for you. And we try to come in and like, hey, I want you to do this, and I want you to see this, and I want you. We have to relax. We have to walk with Christ, let the Holy Spirit lead us, and let the Holy Spirit lead our neighbors and those who we love. So the word here is don't pass judgment on anyone else. Walk in Christ to live in freedom from others. And lastly, in closing, we have one more element of walking in Christ. And I think this one is for everyone who just really, really enjoys living in the moment, okay, which is a good thing. We, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. But there's an extra bonus piece here when you dip into chapter three that you must involve to stay balanced. And this is our fourth point. Walk in Christ with an eternal perspective. Walk in Christ with an eternal perspective. Look at these verses again. It's been a while since we've seen these verses. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So we can't just live for the moment and the experiences down here on this side of eternity. And the toys down here. We can't make our lives all about that. Now, we don't fear death, right? Because you are hidden in Christ. You know, he holds you. He, he owns you. That's a, that's a very reassuring thing. 
We know God is going to make all things new, including giving us a new resurrected body. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where there'll be no more death and there'll be no more night. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. All of this is great news. And as we live in the present moment, and we, as we live our lives in this present life, we have to consider how does this affect eternity? And I'm not saying never take a vacation, never have a break and unwind. Of course, all of that is super important because we're humans, we're weak, and we have to recharge and re-energize. We, we need that. That's necessity to do the mission uh, that God has given us. But just think, are you living for pleasure here in the moment? Or are you living for, for what God wants to do through your life to impact other people for eternity? I love that line, your life is hidden with Christ and God. You don't get any more secure than that. That is a license to be bold, to be adventurous down here. And when you look at the world, this is another component. When you look at the world and you see everything is about, I have to preserve this life. Everything's about staying safe right now, right? We hear that all the time. And believe me, safety is an important thing. God has given us a sense to be safe. And as parents, we want to keep our kids safe. Absolutely. We don't want to go overboard here. But if you really think about living your life right now for eternity, a lot of those decisions mean you're not going to pick the safest thing. And you're not going to pick the easiest door. Because a lot of times, living your life on for, for the glory of God, on mission for him, means you're going to do something hard and challenging. And you're going to stick your neck out there. And you might even have a difficult conversation or two because you love that person. When we are thinking about things with an eternal perspective, we will do those hard things. And I know the world preaches this at us constantly right now to stay safe. I, I, it can easily creep into the church. You know, I, I've, I've heard it even recently, like a church saying like, hey, our most important thing for you is your safety. And I mean, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to nitpick, but really, like, let's be careful with what we say, because is that really our most, is that really the most important thing? I think God's glory is the most important thing. Of course, we want you to be safe in that. And we're going to be, there's wisdom that comes into play. But let's not make safety the main thing when we are promised to be held in the hands of God. We can, we can be bold and adventurous. If you're living with an eternal perspective, you will do things and say things that some people who are living the simpleton life for themselves just will not understand. They won't understand it. So please just let that sink in for a minute. Worship team, you can come back up. Do you see all four components? Do you see how it's really easy to get one or two of these great and to kind of like totally phase out on one and not have one of them? Walk in Christ through complete dependence. Walk in Christ by thinking differently from the world. Walk in Christ to live in freedom from others. Walk in Christ with an eternal perspective. All four of these are a distinct part of walking in Christ and walking with God. So if you are struggling in your walk and you can't seem to put it all together, it's probably because you're missing one, one of these. For me, I think about this, and I, I, I'm just like looking at these four, 
And I think for everybody, I think we're probably, probably super strong in one of those areas. And naturally, you're probably going to be weak in, in at least one of those areas. And I was thinking about how naturally I just, I just eat up a good polemic or, or you know, biblical worldview kind of stuff. Like, I love philosophy. I love thinking through that. And it honestly, it's just one of the ways God's made me. It's, it's easier for me to identify the cracks in man's wisdom and, and, and look at things the way, the way the Bible outlines it, you know, on a philosophical level. Like, I love that piece. So, like, that's, that's, that comes more naturally to me. But the hardest one for me is to walk in complete dependence, to not get out on ahead and just try to do it all in my own strength. That's the hard one for me in my walk in Christ. What is it for you? There's probably one that's just you naturally have a strength to do that, and there's going to be a, one or two that are, that are going to take some, some emphasis, and you're going to have to give some attention to that, and you have to pray through that. So where do you need to focus? Where are you slightly off? It's creating a little limp in your walk. If you want to stand up with us, I want to close this message before we even sing by just giving you a moment to pray. I know some of you are watching this at home. Wherever you're at, talk to the Lord right now. In your walk with Christ, Where can you put some attention and lean fully into God and have a complete walk with Him? Praise God. He is such a good God. And walking with Him is such a, a vital piece of our, of our story, of our salvation. And I know it can be easy to get tripped up and to miss one of these pieces. So... Just, just think through that. Think through which one of those do I need to get a little more, give a little more attention to, put some more focus on. But let's say our verse together as we close our service. We have a new verse. It is, it is a mouthful for sure. There's a lot here. But I think the more we, the more we say this, the more we'll put it to heart and memory. Um, there's just so many good elements of our, of our life, the true Christian life of walking in Christ. So let's say this together. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. You are loved.